Kool-Aid, and Christianity. How do they relate? Here's Pastor Al Pittman. Always had Kool-Aid in the house. Mom would make it in that plastic container. If that Kool-Aid sat in the refrigerator for two or three days, and you got a glass on that third day or whatever, and you taste it, it was nice and cold, but they would leave that aftertaste of what? Plastic. But if mom made that Kool-Aid in a glass container, you get the pure taste of the Kool-Aid. Don't leave people with an aftertaste of yourself. If I desire to love them fervently, I want to leave you with an aftertaste of Jesus, not of myself. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. You are my dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. This is The Dwelling Place, a time of study and application in God's wonderful Word. Pastor Al Pittman will be along in just a few moments to bring us an important and timely message from his new series called Healthy Church Fundamentals. We're living in an era of increased persecution of Christians, and a lot of Christians have succumbed to the pressure and strayed from God's precepts for leading a life that glorifies God. It's time to get back to basics, and that's what we'll do today as Pastor Al talks about one of the most important basics that defines our walk with the Lord, love. Here's Pastor Al. Love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, not of religion, not of the world, or legalism, or anything like that, but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Amen. Now, I want you to notice, yeah, give God praise and glory. Amen. There are, 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 the first thing that he says here, number one, is having been born again. This message in loving one another fervently with the love of Christ is for the church, for those who've been born again by the Spirit of God. This is not for fakers who fake God's love. Fakers will soon fully, will not fully, I should say, fakers will not fully embrace what I call the threefold prerequisite to fervent love. What is that threefold prerequisite? Well, I just mentioned it. It's number one, purify your soul. In other words, it literally means sanctify oneself or uh, ceremonially or morally. In other words, I cannot love someone fervently within the body of Christ when my heart is filled with wickedness, pride, and all these different things. I cannot love that person fervently. So I need to repent of anything within me. I need to sanctify myself apart for God's purpose if I'm going to love others fervently. The second thing is I need to obey God's word. The prerequisite to loving fervently is pure, purify yourself and then, or your soul and then obey God's word, God's truth. I need to be obedient to God's word. In other words, I have an opinion of that person, but what does God's word say? So am I going to obey my opinion or am I going to obey God's word? Because if I don't, if I just obey my opinion, there's no way I can love someone fervently because I'm always going to have a bias toward them. But if I obey his word, then I can love them fervently. And then the third thing is I need to love them in spirit. That is, walk in the spirit. What does the Bible tell us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16? Say, uh, it says, I say then, Paul says, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Lust of the flesh has an agenda, but you will not fulfill it. What is that agenda? Envy, jealousies, pride. 
walk in the Spirit. I cannot love you fervently unless I'm in the Spirit. I can't do it in the flesh. So purify, obey God's Word, walk in the Spirit. And it opens us up to, the, to being able, I should say, to love one another with a fervent love. Now, what does fervent love among believers look like in practice? Well, Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you want to turn there real quick, you can read along with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8. And what does it say there? Well, many of you are familiar with that chapter. In verse 4, it says that love, this is, what, this is what fervent love looks like in practice. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Verse 7, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Now, when we replace love with, let's say, Pastor Al, it never flows. Why? Because I'm not consistent. You say, Pastor Al never fails. Oh, yes, he does. It's not consistent when you put your name in there, but when you put Jesus' name in there, which is his name is synonymous with love, then all is possible. What is the lesson? I have to love people through my love for Jesus. Amen? And this is something that I need to practice as a believer in my life, to be patient and loving and bearing with people and all that, that's loving people with fervent love, with agape love, God's love. And I can't love you with God's love unless God is loving you through me. And I can't love, let God love you through me unless I'm willing to purify myself, obey God's word, and walk in the spirit. Yes, you see the connection? I hope you do. Amen. The other lesson here to me is this, and that is to practice loving fervently to exercise myself, as the Bible says, in godliness. Number one, it requires, you know, some, it's, something, it's something I need to do on a daily basis. But it's also to have the mindset that I desire to leave people with an aftertaste of Jesus rather than myself. When we were kids coming up, and, and I'm talking to people from my generation, you remember the Kool-Aid Everybody's drinking Kool-Aid. Hey, man, you couldn't afford to buy no pop or whatever. Always had Kool-Aid in the house. Mom would make it in that plastic container. And if that Kool-Aid sat in the refrigerator for two or three days and you got a glass on that third day or whatever, and you tasted it, it was nice and cold, but they would leave that aftertaste of what? Plastic. <laughs> nah. But if mom made that Kool-Aid in a glass container, do in there two or three days later and poured your glass, you get the pure taste of the Kool-Aid. Amen. Don't, don't leave people with an aftertaste of yourself. Because you know what? That plastic, when you taste, drank that Kool-Aid out of the plastic container, your, your, your response was kind of, bleh. If I desire for people to be, to love them fervently, I want to leave you with an aftertaste of Jesus, not of myself. That's just a mindset to have when you're loving people fervently. That helps. Remember, love is not a feeling. 
but a choice. I think people forget that after they get married. Because if you live by your feelings, you fall in and out of love. And people say, I fell out of love. I'm thinking, well, what did you do? We drive down the highway at 60 miles an hour, open up the car door and jump out? Is that how you, how do you, what do you mean you fell out? What they mean is that their feelings change, and feelings do change. The Bible says a fool follows his own heart. And the Bible tells us that the just shall live by what? Faith. Not by our feelings. If we're going to love one another fervently here at Calvary Worship Center, it can't be by our feelings. It has to be by choice. I choose to love my wife. Because those of you who are married also, you know that, you know, honeymoon and all that's great, but there comes a time in a marriage where you could sing the old R&B song, you know, the thrill is gone. <laughs> Amen. And don't look like it's coming back. <laughs> Amen. The thrill is gone. The thrill, the, the feelings have changed, and, and feelings do change. And if your marriage is based on feelings, you're going to believe the lie of the devil that you need to get with somebody else. But when you get with someone else, the feelings are going to change with them too. The Bible has called us as believers to live by faith. Faith is a choice. I choose to follow Christ. I choose to love my wife. It's a choice to love one another fervently, to practice and to exercise fervent love daily. Only then, and I'm convinced of this, only then can true transformation happen. Only then can revival take place within the church. And I was in Bible college. I used to, uh, we were in our senior year, your hermeneutics class or whatever, how to preach and, and all this, and, and uh, whoever had the best sermon outlines, you know, uh, the, you know, or, or they would take all the best of all the sermon outlines and they would give it to the, to, to the guy that had the, the best sermon or whatever. And so the reward was that in your first year, you wouldn't even have to study. You could just, you had all these sermon outlines your first year. And in that outline, you would also have times in certain months where you would have planned revivals. And I was always scratching my head. I was young then. I didn't know anything, but I always thought, how do you plan a revival? Isn't that up to God? <laughs> I don't we can pray for revival and all that, but we can't say, God, we need you to show up on Sunday night at 6 o'clock, and we need to be done by 8. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, how do you do that? My, 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 my point is this, is that if we're truly going to experience revival, you can't put it on a calendar or just go to some one event or whatever. We Christians, we love to go to events, but God says, love one another. Pastor Al will be back in a few moments with the conclusion of today's message taken from his series titled, Healthy Church Fundamentals Pastor Al rarely speaks about financial matters when it comes to the dwelling place. But the reality is, we need your support to continue sharing these broadcasts with the millions of people who need to hear the truth of God's love and grace. We appreciate your faithful financial support and also your support through prayer. Please pray that the Word of God would become real in the lives of those who hear the messages Pastor Al shares. You can also bless us by telling a friend about The Dwelling Place and inviting them to listen. Now here's part two of today's message as we look at an important fundamental of a healthy church, love. If we fervently love one another, I believe the church will experience revival. That's where it begins. Now for those of you who are not convinced, let me just say this, that motion changes our emotions. When we seek in motion to love one another fervently, it changes emotions 
And it also changes us. Remember the story? It's a great illustration. Some of you probably heard it, but uh, it's about a newspaper columnist and minister, George Crane. He tells of a wife who came into his office full of hatred toward her husband. She said, I not only want to be rid of my husband, I want to get even. Before I divorce him, I want to hurt him as much as he has me. Dr. Crane suggested an ingenious plan. He said, here's what you do. You go home and act as if you really love your husband. Tell him how much you, he means to you and, and praise him for every decent trait. Go out of your way to be as kind and considerate and generous and as, as possible. Spare no efforts to please him, to enjoy him, make him believe you love him. And after you've convinced him of your undying love and that you cannot live without him, then drop the bomb. Tell him that you're getting a divorce. That will really, really hurt him. With revenge in her eyes, she smiled and exclaimed, that's beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> anyway, no. <laughs> she went on to say, will he ever be surprised? And she did it with enthusiasm, acting as if for two months she showed love and kindness and listening and giving and reinforcing and sharing. When she didn't return, Crane called and he asked, he said, uh, are you ready to get your divorce now? She said, divorce? She exclaimed, never. I discovered I really do love him. Her actions had changed her feelings. Motion resulted in emotion. The ability to love is established not so much by fervent promise as often repeated deeds. Close quote. Motion changes emotion. People come to church complaining about the church and one another. But what if we all came to church and acted as if we loved one another and did it consistently for a long period of time. It would bring transformation. It would bring revival to the church, not only in our relationships, but also within ourselves. Like that woman, we will be changed and discover, you know, we do love one another. But it takes motion. You just can't sit on your hands and complain that nothing will ever change. It not only works in the church, it works in your house. Motion affects emotion, and it changes us as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8, when you think about it, it is a manifestation of motion, bearing all things, hoping all things, believing all things, enduring all things. That's motion, which changes our emotion, changes the church, changes our relationships. The church is, is on the move when love is driving our relationships. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 says, but, of all, but above all these things, put on love. Hmm. That's a decision. Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. 
That which holds our relationships together in Christ, it's not politics. Some of us are licking our wounds. We thought they were going to see a red wave, but we saw a trickle in the political midterm elections. It's not politics that binds us together. It's not our ethnicity, not our social status. It's not that we agree on everything, because here's the bottom line, that God's calls us to unity, not conformity. And the only way we can have unity is in love. Put on love. It is the bond of perfection. Now, before we can put on love, we've got to take something off. <laughs> Lest God's love becomes merely a cover-up of hypocrisy. Ephesians chapter 4 says, Paul says, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man. What do we put off? The old man, the old you, the old way of thinking. You have to put that off. Which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, God's love which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. When our faith is merely a cover-up, the stench of hypocrisy will soon find its way to the surface. And you've had this experience. People have said they loved you, and then they've turned out to be something else. Never forget my father. I invited him to go to church when I first got saved and in hopes that he would come to Christ. And he went there, and the man met him at the door shake his hand, and the man looked at me in the eye and said, I love you, brother. Came home that day after church, and my dad never stopped talking about that statement. And it wasn't in a positive sense. In a way, it was negative. It's the way my father would talk. He said, that joker met me at the door <laughs> and told me he loves me, and he don't even know me. My dad was real straightforward. If he said he loved you, he loved you. He didn't like hypocrisy. He either went to church or he didn't go. And that worked to his detriment in a lot of ways, but it was later on I began to realize that it was, he was right. How often do we throw around the church, I love you? How many times have I heard people tell me, you know, I love you, Pastor, and all this, but I say something they disagree with. I'm not talking about heresy or anything else, and they leave the church. I don't count those things. I don't know how many people do that, but, you know, it happens in the church. You say, well, is that love? What is the bond of perfection? What really holds us together? Here's one thing about love that I'll tell you about, and that's so true. Love is tested. True love is tested. Anything, love untested is a fantasy. That guy you think about running off with, leaving your husband, is a fantasy. He's not tested. He doesn't hear you snore at night. <laughs> your husband does. Amen. Untested love is a fantasy. And like our faith, God wants our, our love to be genuine, and it will be tested. Newlyweds, you stand there in front of a preacher and say, I do, that I do will be tested. And it's interesting how I do becomes I might over the years. And then later on, I won't. It will be tested. It's not love if it's not tested. It's going to be tested. So God calls us to possess a love that's from him, but a love that's been tested was not the love of Jesus tested. Did he not suffer temptation and, and the wrong, wrongdoing from others and all the things he went through? Temptation by the devil himself. 
His love for us was tested. And his love went to the cross and died for our sins. That's love tested. And so our love will be tested as well. We've got to take off the old man, put on the new and all. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Tested love not only covers us, but it also covers the faults and sins of others. Thank God for his love. Little children love one another. Love one another. Love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God. Love is powerful. Would to God that we would be the best at what other fellowships maybe take for granted, that we would love one another, and that we would be conduits of God's love so that he might love others through us. As believers, loving one another an essential fundamental of our faith in our relationship with Christ is so important. Jesus really summed it all up in the two greatest commandments of Scripture, actually the greatest commandment, but then there's one another attached to it. There was a lawyer that approached Jesus and asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And here's what the Lord said. Matthew chapter 22, the lawyer came up and said, Teacher, uh, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, and he's quoting here what is called the Jewish Shema. And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, all the law and the prophets and the prophets hang, rather, all the law and the prophets. What is the Lord saying? He's saying there that the whole sum of God's word is summed up in love. It's loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. It's real simple for us. We get in the church, we like to complicate things. It's real simple. It boils down to this. Love God. And love people and allow God to do the rest. Amen? We don't have to fix folks, we just need to love folks. Love God and love people. You're tuned into the dwelling place with Pastor Al Pittman, Senior Pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device. And take Pastor Al wherever you go. You'll find a link for a free download at our website, cwccs.org. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Did you know that The Dwelling Place is a listener-supported ministry? We count on your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, 
or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. You can also watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Join us next time for another study in God's wonderful Word. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. 